Welcome to another episode of Empowering Single Mothers. I'm your co-host, Lisa McHale, and I've got my lovely co-host on the West Coast, Wendy Bloom on the line here with us too. And we've got a very special guest today, Leanne Nugent. Hi. Welcome. Welcome, Leanne. Thanks. Excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Sure, for sure. So, okay, Wendy. Yeah. So today we're we're really we're really sitting in our abundance and our in our blessed lives. And we're going to talk about, we're going to give you some insight onto our own family dynamics, as well as the journey that we've each taken to get to where we are. And I'm really excited to have Leanne here and get started with that. Awesome. Welcome, Leanne. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So where to begin? Should we start with where I'm at right now? Yeah, like where are you located? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. So Leanne Nugent, um, not remarried. So we're, I have a second life partner. This is the the labeling and the framing that we have. Um, So second life partner, um, I have a 15 year old son with my first partner. And um, my second partner has a son of his own, 23 years old, who lives on his own now. Um, yeah, so my son is, uh, shares his time between myself and my ex. And that's how we've got it set up now. That's beautiful. So he lives with you and your current partner. I know sometimes yep. you refer to him as your husband, so we can call him. We'll call him my husband. You call him your husband. Yeah, yeah, because I'm like, that's what you normally call him. So your husband and then your son live together and then your son also goes to his dad's and then- Every weekend, yeah. Every weekend. Okay, cool. Um, I guess, do you want to share a little bit more or should I go ahead and share my dynamics and and Wendy, do you want to share just like high level where we're at? I think that, yeah, the dynamics sharing first would be great and then we do our journeys individually in, in a longer period. Okay, cool. So you want to go? Me? Okay, yeah. sure. So I live on the central coast in, Mon- I'm sorry, uh, central coast in California. <laughs> I just moved into a new home that I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for. Um, it accommodates my very large family, which consists of my three children, uh, two daughters that are 11 and 16, and a son that's 23, still lives at home. And then my um, second ex-husband, <laughs> um, and so he's the father of my two daughters, and then also his brother and um, my niece, who is his um, his brother's daughter, and we all live together. And yeah, so I'm very grateful for for our family dynamic. I love it. It's way more complex than mine. Single mother, based out of Toronto. Um, and I have an 11 year old daughter that I have with me 24 seven, we have no contact with her with my ex, her biological dad. So um, mine is probably the easiest. And so let's do another round, like, tell us about how you got to your journey. And, and, and just what was your journey to becoming a single mom and not necessarily being a single mom, because you guys have got supports, right? Yeah. So my transition from you know, it was interesting because my um, son's father and I were actually trying to break up when we had our son. So it was already a relationship that was already rocky, but we gave three more years a shot, uh, raised him together, and then finally made the decision to separate. But that decision was 
you know, filled with a lot of anger, resentment, um, you know, a lot of deceit and just not healthy. So there was that, those, those, that first six month period, or even like the six months leading up to that decision to finally separate was so unhealthy where it was, yeah. But once you make that decision to just separate, there's already this lift of relief and, um, it was, it was really good, but there was still a lot of animosity that was going on between us. So as we were thinking about, you know, like custody and like visitation and what are we going to do with this house that we bought together? It was just like a lot to consider. Right. So everything was, so from things like you work too much, like my ex was saying to me that I work too much and that I would make a terrible mother. So he should have full custody. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> We're not going down that route. I think I should have full custody. I can support him better than you can. I at least have a full-time job that's stable. So we kept going back and forth and the personal attacks were just, you know, disgusting, I would say. So during that tra transition, it's like, I had to move into this place of just this, this can't be my life. I am not living a life of drama. I am not living a life where how can I hurt him is my next best action. No, thank you. This is not a life for me. So I had to move into that place and lead from that example in order for him to follow suit because he wasn't really kind of picking up on that message like with me verbally saying this. So I thought I'm just gonna have to take action here and just move into this place. So in order to transition and move into that kind of mindset, it was, I had to come back to like, okay, well, who am I really, what am I doing here? Like, what are we, what are our goals trying to be here? So the one big thing was, I don't want to waste my money on lawyers. All of that money can be better allocated to our kids' education. Let's can we agree to that? So there was a lot of, again, back and forth and back and forth on that. So one thing was came clear on that. Don't want to waste the money. Second thing was like the wealth of the wealth, the health and well-being of our son. Like I don't want him to be raised and to witness this type of animosity and this type of back and forth. So that was also the very hard line. Like this is where it's at. Then the final one was, okay, he clearly needs both of his parents. He's fortunate to have parents that love him completely and want to be with him. So why are we fighting over seeing him? Like we can clearly see him half the time. So let's do that. Like, let's make it as clean as possible. I drew up a parenting agreement. Uh, finally, after this took a year though. So a lot of patience, a lot of fighting, and then finally coming to this place was just like crazy. So once we had all of that <clears throat> kind of sorted out, we were very clear on what the three priorities were. And another year after that to have like settling into the routine of when to pick up. And by the way, don't pick up our son when it's my pickup day. Like, what the hell? I was so mad to show up to pick up my son to find out that his dad picked him up already on not his day. 
So right, like getting into the, the routine and knowing where to draw the line and what you can and cannot do took a little bit of time. So I think after year two, we finally settled into it. And then year three was just like, all right, I think we got it. And that's when I felt comfortable to start dating again and just moved into that place of, okay, that part of my life really truly is over. This is my new normal. And uh, yeah, so there was, there was a lot of that going on. <laughs> a lot of shifting. So beautiful. So beautiful because that's what it is, right? It is like the ebbing and the flowing of what do I want? What is the priority? Okay. I'm taking it really personally right now. Let's just move away. And like, what are the top priorities? So um, I sense that like a lot of your professional skills came into play with um, driving your agreement and finding your norm. There's also something to be said about like that two year, three year mark, like something magical happens at year two and something magical happens at year three, like those anniversaries just keep, um, you know, they're there to celebrate the win, right? Wendy, did anything come up for you? Oh gosh, so much. Um. I saw you taking notes. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> it's like, I saw her taking notes. <laughs> She's the queen of like deep thought bomb questions. Yeah. That's Ooh. why I was like, I was like, okay, let's, let's hear it. <laughs> I'm hoping that, Le- I, hope, I hope that Leanne will receive me well. Um, <laughs> I'm excited. Bring it, baby. So first, um, I, I actually had to write it down because I was so, um, just touched. So I really want to just honor your growth. Like, oh my God, just listening to you. Remember, I I kind of had shared I wanted to go last. There was a big reason for that. And it's um, the anger part, like allowing yourself to have anger and then recognizing how it's not beneficial Mm -hmm. I just I was so I was so touched hearing you say that you realize that's that's not how you wanted to live your life right and there's so many I think single moms out there and dads and and people that just aren't aren't able to see that there is another way for them to be and for them to allow themselves to to feel and it's hard, it's hard to step away from the things that don't feel fair. And so that honoring your growth, so I wanna give you that second. <laughs> I, I just was, I was really touched. So thank you for sharing that because I think that it could really help a lot of people and also anyone that feels that they've done what she's been able to do, sit with that and give yourselves like a big ass hug because wow, that's so good, right? Yeah. Um, and it, and it triggered for me, forgive me, but, um, cause I don't know your situation and all of the moms out there dealing with narcissists as ex, mm. um, because it will be much more challenging for you to step away from your anger if you're dealing with a narcissist. So I just want to acknowledge that it does take two, just like it takes two to make a baby. It takes to, to create the kind of um, balance that we all desire. So if you end up in a situation where your other part is a narcissist, 
don't beat yourself up if you're not able to find that piece. And, and, and really, I would say, seek some, um, some support uh, from other people on how to deal with the narcissism and in healthy ways, because otherwise it will eat at you for, for ever. So I just, those, those are the, the first things. And um, you also brought up, um, you didn't want your children to witness, you know, that kind of um, uh, energy between the two of you. And that reminds me of my, um, one of my favorite quotes is children are like wet cement. Mm -hmm. Whatever falls on them makes an impression. And so, um, uh, especially when we have moments where our kids witness something we don't want them to. If we remember to talk to them about it right away, you can, before the cement dries, you can, you know, re, you know, re, uh, flatten the surface or smooth the surface. So just remember in moments where maybe you did fail and you did have them witness something you didn't want them to take a second and just talk to your kids and say, look, you know, we were having a hard time and this happened. It's not what we wanted, but it did. And we're sorry mm -hmm. that you had to be a part of that, right? and let them know that they don't have to hold on to that, like that they they saw that. So anyway, those are the things that came up so far. I love that. <laughs> I thought you one had a thing, question. <laughs> yeah, one well, thing I, I do I wanna do, share, but... I wanna add like now that it's been, gosh, 13 years, right? Um, you know, talking to my teenage son now is is, I still talk to him about it. And now it's in a different light because I was about his age when I met his dad. So, you know, retelling the story of our love affair kind of helps me repair any kind of hate and animosity and celebrate the love that we had. Like, even though he was created during the time when we were trying to break up, like he was still created out of love, right? And that does give him like some sort of, and I'm going get, to like, get all teary, that it does give him like that sense of, you know, identity that like, you know, I, I, I joke that he was the greatest mistake that I've ever made, but, you know, and he, he laughs about it, but like, it's, at least he knows that it was, there was love there. And I talked to him about like, you know, what we went through as, as kids, like, you know, hanging out and then, yeah, like it's, I don't know, like, it's okay to talk about your relationships with your kids, I think. And I think it's, it's part of that, that journey too. So for yeah. sure, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I was, I was going to ask that when you said what question was I going to ask her, mm. um, I was, I was just going to ask, so you made it through, um, I was going to say a six year period. So three years, three years together, three mm -hmm. years after you found your, yourself in this place where, okay, I think I could date. Cause this is, this is, this is at a place where I feel, I want to say safe, but comfortable what was, what was that next journey to getting to, um, Byron and, um, and what, what, what was that like for you? Yeah. Uh, it was interesting because part of that three-year transition, I, I needed to make ends meet. So I had to pick up a second job. So there was like, just generally no space for any kind of relationship. So, you know, I had some like dated, here and there, but nothing ever really serious. But like, after I think it was like, maybe a year or two, 
And Byron and I were friends from before and he was, we were part of the same circle of friends. So we all went to some party and he was there. And so from there we exchanged numbers again and we started talking, so we were friends. So he was kind of there, but then kind of not and in a, in a friend zone kind of place. And, you know, as I was busy, like, I, so I had to, during that time, I'm like trying to get, figure out my finances, trying to figure out this stability thing with my ex and trying to make sure my kid was okay. I wanted a promotion at work, didn't want to work both jobs. So I had to study for um, like a project management certificate so that I can, you know, be more attractive in the job market and raise my 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 salary and rate and attractiveness I guess so yeah I was very distracted with like getting my finances kind of set so got into that place where I felt I guess like whole again and I it was so weird because like Byron and I would go on like coffee dates or lunch dates but never like dinner and there was like something about I am not gonna go (laughs) to dinner with you because I have a feeling I know where that will go so we're not gonna do that you are my friend we are staying in this friend zone um but then there was just like one day where I was like let's do dinner he was just like okay and that was it that it was exactly what I thought it was gonna be we had dinner and we've been dating ever since So I don't know what it was about it. It was just something like everything was like fell into place. Like I felt like I had that rhythm and there was space and yeah, he, he fell into it quite nicely. Okay. Here we are. How many years later now? It's eight years. I've been with him eight years. I think we're coming up on eight years in February. He's the one that knows the dates. (laughs) Dates blur for me. (laughs) (laughs) How lovely. That is so awesome. Yeah, it beautiful, is. Beautiful. I saw you still taking notes there. I did. I yeah. did. I want to go. Um, well, th- that, um, that financial uh, striving for security. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, unfortunately, and it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily come with just being a single mom. However, the intensity I think is a lot stronger when you're a single mom, but financial security is a huge um, source of stress for many. And, um, and the fact that you said that once you felt a little more financially um, secure with yourself, look what you attracted, right? Like that space opened for someone to come in. Um, And that, and I think one of the things that um, often for me as a single mom early on was that if I did have someone, then that financial burden would be less. And instead of, um, like looking at it as, okay, I can do this on my own and somebody else come, somebody else coming to the table isn't necessarily the solution for financial comfort. And I think that mind, mindset had to shift for me. I struggled with that one a lot. I think I definitely yeah. was thinking that two incomes would be a solution, you know? And, and I'm not saying that you, you can't have that as part of your goals in, right. 
in your future, but um, as a as a single mom, if your if your hope is that someone else is going to save you, then you might always be in a position of of looking to be saved. Yeah. Um, thank you for saying that. And then now here comes some more waterworks for me. So something that I want to share is that I was raised by a single mom. So mm. my parents were divorced. I was, I think, nine or 10. And I witnessed my mom go through being a single mom. Like she had um, like dreams and aspirations for herself, like from a career perspective. And it didn't gel well with my dad. Like being a, a woman working at a bank in the 80s, um, it was tough, right? So she was tough. And that came home with her. Right. So she was always, and it just didn't know how to tap into the gentler side. She's definitely mm. there now, but I think that is what contributed to the like falling apart based off of the conversations that they've had with me, my parents, that's ultimately was one of the reasons, right? So seeing my mom navigate this and say, well, I don't have a second income. I have to work hard to raise my, so that's where I got that from. I have to acknowledge my mom and instilling that for me. So that's what imprinted for me in my wet cement. Mm -hmm. So that's very, very interesting. Yeah. Thank you for, for bringing that back for me. Mm. Yeah. She's so good at that kind of stuff though. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? I think we're, we're edging on this being a two-parter. That's okay. Um, I'm okay with it. If you guys are, are. Yeah. yeah, I'm okay with that too. Yeah. Okay. So do you have any other questions or comments for what Leanne shared about her mom? Because I know this was one of our things was, mm -hmm. you know, this community is not just for single moms, but for those yeah. who know single moms who have friends that are, you know, like who was raised by a single mm -hmm. mom, because that whole traditional dual parent with, you know, that one nuclear family is not the norm. Like when I look mm -hmm. at the schools and I look at the children, they're not, it's not even 50% anymore. It's like, I don't know what the actual number is. However, I think there are way more single. And when you look globally, there are definitely more single moms. When you look at third world countries, the, the scale is definitely tipped and how the single moms prior to us have functioned definitely leaves on us that I love the wet cement analogy. And so for me, even though my mother wasn't a single mom, my dad worked two jobs at one point. And so again, is it the actual physical being like the literal meaning of being a single mom or just feeling like it? I know moms who are in a relationship who have a partner living with them and they feel like they're a single parent or they get a mm -hmm. glimpse of it when the partner goes away for a couple of days. Like, so that burden of it myself, I will share and then hand it over to you, Wendy, is like, I come from both sides of my family, a lot of single moms, either they separated, the partner died, but I come from a long, both sides tradition of women just get it done. And there is a toughness that comes with it, right? There is a, a survival thing and transitioning from survival to thriving is such a beautiful, graceful place right and so I really want to acknowledge you for just going through that whole cycle generationally and now having the conversations with your son to be able to you know impact the future 
right? So my dear Wendy, yes. I shared a little bit there. What do you want to tap into? Um, oh gosh. segment, because there's Again, a lot gonna, that came up. <laughs> I know, I was just going to say, if we're, if we're going to do two-parters, I'm not sure if I should bring this up now or in an, in an, in the next session, however, her bringing up her, um, her experience as a, a child, as her parents split and then her adult conversations with her parents. Um, <clears throat> my story is, is so crazy, um, with regards to what I witnessed in women. Um, and, um, so my mom was a stay-at-home mom for the most part when my parents split and my mom also had just had cancer. So she had just sur survived leukemia and cancer treatments. Um, and um, she, didn't, she didn't work right away. So she was a single mom with no job. And I guess my dad was paying child support enough that she didn't have to work at that time and she decided to go back to school. What happened though, is that at, at some point she was supposed to support herself and that's where all the money, um, the money struggles were things that I heard the words, well, your dad isn't giving us enough money or, um, you know, we, we don't have the money for that or, or those types of things. And um, one thing I, I will say about my life with the, the, the traditional family un, family unit, although it wasn't all that traditional because my um, siblings were half siblings. So my dad raised them from one and two. And so my sister was 16 years old. I was six and um, my dad had been her dad since she was two and he was very frugal. You know, he, he wasn't going to buy all the things that she wanted and so my mom would be telling her, no, he won't let us do that. that. That was her messaging, not that it was the right messaging or the wrong messaging, but that was her messaging is that he won't let, let them spend that money. So my sister is a, a pretty strong feminist as a result, because she felt like my mom was held back. She felt like my mom couldn't give her kids what she wanted because this man was in control. And I don't know that that's accurate. My mom didn't work. So in my mom's mind, it was his money, you know, like, so my mom gave her a message that wasn't necessarily accurate in my opinion. So my sister, <laughs> she would say things like, when I grow up, I'm going to have a maid. Don't tell me I have to keep my room clean, you know, like all of these things. And she, she made them happen her adult life. She has made, she is a powerful um, leader in uh, human resources and disability. She's, um, she's amazing. And it comes from a childhood where she felt like I'm never going to let a man control my life. Right. She manifested some stuff from that. We'll talk about that some other time. But again, I just really think that when we watch moms and we watch our dads, we, we create what we think life is supposed to be. And it's crazy how much we put together for ourselves on the path that we, that journey that we're on how much of it we've created as a result of our beliefs. Totally. A hundred percent. Leanne and I on our, like, when we have these conversations, we often will say things like we are really here to challenge our children. We actually don't say the word challenge. We actually say like for kids, 
<laughs> um, because it's, 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 it's their evolution and, and their job to figure it out. And, you know, innocent children just hearing and seeing and making up stories about themselves. And so communication, I think, is so critical. And again, circling back to the fact that you're talking to your son about what's happening, I kind of do the same thing to have the conversations because also like in my case my daughter is 11 so I mean like your daughter is also 11 their brains are still changing right the, the, the filters are changing based on how they're growing hormonally or with their adolescent friends because now they're in this gap of little kids and adult kids and what they're seeing and what they're hearing and now what she's watching on tv is changing mm-hmm. so all of these inputs are influencing what she's framing in her mind right so like in my case I am by myself at home. We don't have any other interaction. Um, I've heard some of her programs. However, all of our kids are in personal development and and doing work. So um, her beliefs are, they go from one extreme to the other, right? So our job as parents are like roots and wings. So what do I want you to know? Mm -hmm. That you're loved, right? Like that's the fundamental, you're loved and you can do anything that you wanna do. I just hope that it's motivated by the purest of your thoughts instead of some fallacy that you made up in your brain. So let's have that conversation. Um, In terms of like making space, I think that's one thing that I learned just yesterday is I never really created a reality for her to understand that somebody else was going to be next to me at some point. I focus so much on her emotional intelligence, her emotional well-being, making sure that she was adequately supported through the trauma of the separation in our case, because just high level, we were together, had her split up for like two or three years. So I am the recommitted person. We got together, um, recommitted, and then within a year or two, we were done and we haven't seen or heard from him. Like I'm gonna say in essence at all. And it's been, it'll be five years, right? So to now introduce something, I'm getting a whole other reaction, right? And now my lesson is like, where Leanne, you would have three years later made space. Like I never at all, it wasn't even part of our conversation for five years, right? So from seven to 11, you have no concept of my mother is eventually gonna be with somebody and her attention is gonna be split. And so the reaction um, of that adrenaline rush, whether it's Mm -hmm. fear or anger, I'm, you know, that's where I am in my journey with her, but we're doing really well. Cause again, what's the root is like, you're loved, you're heard. It's a, it's a lot when you're coming from, you're taking care of everything to, to, to even expose the soft side. (laughs) Like, it's like, you know, for my personality anyway, I know you're all about words of affirmation. Like Wendy is one of these, like you walk into her zone, all of your senses are all about love and comfort (laughs) and security like on the walls in the air in the vibe what you're hearing I have to to make you laugh um I had a we just moved and um I had um a single mom interesting uh who does massage who financially right now is impacted and um so I hired her to come and give a massage to my brother-in-law because you know moving is hard on your body and she gets here and I'm I'm like do you want to use my massage table do you want me to light candles do you want me to put music on and she's just like wow this is amazing I've never had a client like you know like 
but I was like, this is, I can make it easy for you. Do you want me to do this? And she was like, I never realized how much I really do love that kind of environment when I'm giving a massage. So I was like, aw. So sweet. <laughs> See, Leanne, she has massage supplies and a room for massage in her house. <laughs> Talk about abundance. I love that. Yeah. Um, it's such a so great space. Something came up for me for you. I okay, go ahead. Here it comes. <laughs> Every time. Go ahead, Wendy. Go ahead. How, how old was Celeste when you split the first time? Um, one. Okay, so that, that makes sense. How old was she when you reunited? Uh, three and a half. How, how um, was her vocabulary at three and a half? Oh, stellar language okay. is like she's like in the 98th percentile of language well the reason I ask is because my son being a single mom from basically the time he was four months old he could talk in complete sentences at 18 months because he was my only person I talked to him like he was my you know yeah. best friend from the time he was four months so like hey we're going to get in the car and oh the phone's ringing and you know like I I just talked to him all day long and he mm -hmm. talked back quick mm -hmm. um the reason I ask is what, what came up for me hearing you, and I don't know why I hadn't thought of it before, is you said that you gave it another go, right? Um, any chance you remember the messaging that you shared with her saying, daddy's coming back, or what, what messaging did you maybe talk to her about when that reuniting happened that right now could be triggered because there's someone that's newer in, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, because for me, I could see where the, the, yeah. the idea that someone's coming yeah. is triggering well, he could leave at any time and I will never hear from him again. That's what came up for me. Yeah. So Thank you're right you. on the money as always. <laughs> so, and Ooh. I will tell you, I will own all of this, which is what I think. Thank God I had time to process this because you asked me, like I probably would be waterfalls, right? So the big lesson for me was I really don't have messaging. Like I am so busy buffering. Mm -hmm. So when he re-entered, I was I basically said to him, this is not about me and you, you need to show up for her. And I was like, and so when I checked in with, you know, professionals and whether they're like, he, she might not even remember him because it's been so long. Um, and so I just said, well, we'll meet, you know, we're close to the science center. And so I was like, we'll meet there. And you wouldn't know this, but Leanne, I don't know if you know the, the far parking lot all the way to the front of where it is. She okay. saw him, he, his hair had completely changed. Yeah. And she saw him and after two years bolted right to him. Mm. Like it was insane. Yeah. So yeah. Um, the messaging was, we're going to go and, you know, we may go meet up with him because again, at the time I, I couldn't necessarily say that if he said he was going to be somewhere, he would be there. So mm. I didn't want to create this like expectation and then not have her not have him be there because that would have been even more you were, you were buffering and protecting constantly yeah. buffering and protecting okay constantly buffering and protecting so um the second time so when he came back so after I saw that I was like well then I'm buffering and protecting for no reason because she clearly just bolted to him um mm -hmm. 
and then it just like it was fast forward to reconciliation it wasn't even really like oh take her for because I wasn't gonna let her go anywhere by herself with him like it'd been two years like I'm not gonna do that to a three-year-old or a four-year-old right so it just became all like the three of us all the time and then it it snowballed and then and I, what I will say is um, the day he left, like we kind of knew that he was going to be leaving in a couple of weeks. And I was like, we need to sit down and talk to her. And he was like, no. So one day he was here and the next day he moved. Like it was yeah. like night and day. Yeah. So I own that part of it, right? Like the communication. So when you ask about the communication, all I feel right now is like, I have to own all of that. And how will I change it going forward? So fast forward to where I am today. Again, I started to see somebody on a regular basis. And I was like, we're just going to see one another. We're not like no label, nothing. And um, I think in the end, I, I think Leanne actually it was you. It was like, she's totally calling you guys out that you're in a relationship. <laughs> like just say what it is. And I was like, but I'm in even in denial, right? So that human part of like overachieving professionally, but like, or like in all other areas, but in this area, because I've been only with a lineage of like primarily single moms, I don't know what I'm doing. I, something, <laughs> something just came I know, up. I saw you. You're like breathing heavily. I'm like, yeah, Here. man, I don't, I, this one. Okay. Everyone listening, especially you too. There's nothing wrong with not wanting to have a commitment. There's nothing wrong with that. Oh, totally. However, some somewhere in this is your your resistance to commitment and her having fear of someone leaving coming together like that's your your fear of commitment so you're saying oh this is just we're just seeing each other we're this we're that and her saying oh if he comes more he's gonna leave and I don't want that right and now mm -hmm. he's there more so it's those two things playing you know playing with each other I get it well I get a redo <laughs> I get a do-over <laughs> Let me just say, this is the key to the mindset people. <laughs> okay. is like, yeah. I, get, I get where I totally messed up. I get where, um, and I own that, Hey, from 10 years ago to seven years ago to three and a half months ago, I could have had very many different approaches and strategies. Mm -hmm. I did not know. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to be gentle to myself. Absolutely. Like, I get a do over the next time this happens. And right now I'm pouring so much love and quality time and at words of affirmation consciously to her to, to make space for there is going to be someone at some point, maybe not today. Go ahead. So again, one thing that didn't come up for me in our previous chats that's yeah. coming up now very strong is maybe even though keep up with the good work mama because I know we we know why you're doing that for for yourself too right mm -hmm. softer you mm -hmm. um what if you teach her that it's okay when people leave you yeah 100 percent. 
instead of, I don't want you around because you might leave me. Yeah. So we're in that now. We are in that now because my, my friend is like, I, we haven't spoken. And so I have to show her that it's okay because the first time and the second time I was a complete mess when we split right. up, I was like, I'm oh, a my- mom. I don't know what I'm mm-hmm. So now that we're again, just the two of us, not that we weren't three of us, but I mean, just like, again, nucleus, two of us, it's okay. Like I'm actually in a really good mental space. Like I totally understand how this all, so I feel very grateful. And if there's one thing that we've been talking about in terms of like, how did we get here? It is all about the mindset. And, and really you two, I talk to you guys pretty regularly, either independently or mostly independently or up until now independently, sorry. Um, and it's having good people around you that will really tell you like it is like, Hey, this is coming up for me. Like, is this really true? It could be mm-hmm. an affirmation to say you're on the right path or like, Hey, you're freaking missing this big, huge blind spot over <laughs> here. Right. Um, and, and that's what it really has given. Cause this is super fresh for me, right? Like this just literally happened. And historically it would have been more intense. It would have been a longer duration period. And quite frankly, the frequency also, like we used to have yeah. these breakdown breakthroughs so much more. And I think all the work that we're doing for our minds is like creating this pathway from survival to thrive and yeah. beyond thrive is like abundance. I want to have a massage room too. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, it's so it's so crazy to me right now. I everything that comes up for me about me and what I just said, my fear of abandonment because my mom left me and my dad left me before the age of uh, 11. So I had, you know, two two very important people leave me. Like full on leave me. So I have a fear of abandonment. I am afraid of abandoning others because I don't ever want to treat someone the way I was treated. So I'm always taking people back. What the heck? You know, like all these childhood traumas that are leading me in, in ways that I don't need to be led in often, you know, cases. And then the other part to that, that I was just saying, hey, let her know that it's okay if someone leaves you. Yes, it's okay if someone leaves you, but that doesn't mean let people go just because you can let them go. So there's, mm-hmm. there's like a balance there. You know, it's not like, okay, see ya, wouldn't want to be ya, like when we were kids and um, it, it's, I'm okay with you leaving. However, I want you to be here. Um, and that, that's also okay. It's okay to say, it's all right. If this person has left, I still wanted them in my life. Yeah. And um, so again, just teaching ourselves that there's, there's other ways than whatever our initial, it, our initial reaction is. Yeah. Or it can be, different from how you want it to look and still yeah. be okay, if not even better, right? So one of the things that is a constant for me is it, it might be in our best interest that we don't have contact with my ex. Mm-hmm. If he's not in the right mind frame or mindset, it could be even more damaging than mm-hmm. the absence would be, right? And that's a hard pill to swallow when you know that you're, and, and for Wendy, like, when you know consciously your parents made this choice. Mm-hmm. She, she hasn't been able to really grasp that. So, you know, I feel very blessed for you too, really, like that I've just anchored so well between people who have, who have more experience and just really good intuition on like what is really happening when I'm in the middle of a storm or I'm, 
mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And I think that's, again, another big part of it is you have to have a really strong community. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. You, yeah, you thank also you. provide a lot of value and strength mm-hmm. and you are very blunt. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When you say very that. much so <laughs> oh you know yeah. she's like time. i don't have time to not tell you this here you go <laughs> well now i'm asking that's why now i'm just like what is it well so that's yeah. the other thing right is like to really be softer with the approach and really be okay with taking the time so instead of me like trying to stuff it down her throat it's like i actually have a plan for the next like three weeks until I can get another top up of, of like professional advice on like, what is the next best step for her? And then mm-hmm. it's like, just really letting go and not having so much control over stuff is quite, um, quite magical. Yeah. Right. Like being okay to like make mistakes. Like, I mean, I've mentioned it to you before. We have a book club on, on like on Saturdays in the afternoon and, um, the the theme of it has really been about coaching and failing and leading and um and and just pushing us in our professional lives but the impact in our homes I think has been Mm -hmm. a hidden blessing like Mm -hmm. you know all the professional stuff that we do so um I want to take a pause right now because we've covered so much And I know there's still so much more to cover and I want to make sure that our team has an appropriate end to part one. 